Yeah, so we're recording this one right after we just recorded our past show, the SMU recap. And I'm still, you know, just not over my second straight softball championship winning game. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm bragging about myself right now is what I'm doing. <laughs> so no one else we, is on the show. This is just me. I want to mute Evan <laughs> later. You won't hear anything from him. This will be just me for the next half hour talking about how great I am because I've won two softball championships in a row. Yeah. It, so walk me through this. Your team's not that good. You're like the no. fifth seed. And yeah, so there's you, seven teams in the league for both the early session and late session this past summer. Finish in fifth both times, head to the playoff, play the same team in the four seed in the opening round, beat them both times, face the same number one seed. That one seed only ever lost two games in this entire summer, both sessions, both to us and only in, in the semifinals of these playoffs both times. Wow. Beat them both of those times to go to the final against the same team. We faced in the final in the early session that we just played last night for the late session, beat them in a come from behind victory that came down to the final inning. I'm actually proud of this one, especially. I mean, I was playing up the whole I'm better than everybody thing, but I'm the one that (laughs) hit in the tying run in the last inning, tying two runs, actually. And then I came around to score myself and what ended up being a 13 to 10 victory for our team. Damn. Nice. Yeah. So, again, I'm feeling really good right now. So hopefully Tech doesn't disappoint against Northwestern State. Yeah, I mean, and Nathan doesn't have stats on uh, on himself, which is disappointing to me as yeah. both, you know, you know, one of the two sort of advanced stats purveyors of this podcast. And then also the guy who's looking at his spreadsheet of advanced kickball stats. <laughs> um, so, Nathan, I need you to bring a scorebook next season, my yeah. friend. And well, uh, when I did Little League, my dad was the scorekeeper for our team every year. So maybe okay. I just need to fly my dad up to every softball game yeah. in the middle of the week. I'm sure he'd be I'm sure he'd be game for that. Yeah, I mean, I just need to know what your OPS is, my guy. So uh Let's just assume 4. <laughs> 4? Oh it's my god. The maximum OPS, we can just it rounds up to 4. From what? I don't know, but it rounds up to 4. Okay. All right. Fair enough. My kickball OPS is 1.6 for those who are wondering, um, <laughs> you know, keeping track at home. Actually, the maximum is five, I guess, but I'll I'll settle for four. I'm not that good. (laughs) Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's just the two of us right now. Uh, We'll have a a little short excerpt from Matt in a second, just because he wasn't able to stay on uh, super late to record this uh, preview episode for the Northwestern State game. But, I mean, how are you feeling right now? Just before we even get into any of this, how are you feeling going to the Northwestern State game, Evan? Um, I think it's I think it's a win, and I hope that it is the sort of, you know, neck crack win that we've been needing, right? The, the good stretch um, where you just, you just get that spine aligned just perfectly, right? That's what yeah. I'm hoping for. I think that it's a perfect opportunity to do that because Northwestern does not seem to be very good. And we really, really need to get some things figured out moving forward into, you know, not quite conference play yet, but, you know, into the rest of our season. This is a perfect opportunity to kind of get set up um, here in what's week two for everybody else, but week three for us. And I'll go ahead and spoil my prediction, too. Yeah, I think we're going to win this game. Um, and it will only add to the record that Tech has against the Demons from Northwestern State. The Bulldogs are 54-20-5 all-time against Northwestern State in a series dating back to 1907. But this is only the fourth time they'll ever play at Joe A. Stadium. 
because from 1937, granted that's before the stadium was built, to 1987, this game was the annual state fair game in Shreveport. Yeah, I mean, those sound like fun times. Uh, It was a big, big, big deal back then. But as, uh, well, I guess Matt hasn't actually talked about this yet, but as Matt talked about, I mean, it's not really a rivalry anymore. I've seen... You know, I guess Coach Cumby called it a rivalry earlier in his press conference this week. And, you know, when you when one team leaves, you see it over and over again, right? We talked about it with the Sam Houston guy, um, you know, about how they're no longer going to play SFA every year and how that's going to be weird. But it's like, hey, we're moving up and that's just how things work. Um, also, shout out to that 1907 game in Natchitoches. Uh, 37 to 4 victory for your Bulldogs. Two um, safeties? Uh, I guess. I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe scoring was different or maybe my spreadsheet is wrong. I, I don't know. Um, the tech media guide apparently has the score as 43 to 4, but I checked in the Shreveport Times and it said uh, 37 to 4. So I don't know who's right, who's wrong, but uh, I have a source and I don't know that the media guide does. So, <laughs> um, wow. Anyway, shade being thrown at the Louisiana Tech media guide. You know, I. I'm just trying to verify all that stuff because a lot of the okay, time... Okay, Mr. Historian. Yeah, Your a lot of the job. time it's like, you know, there's some weird stuff like like Tech has two games being played on the same day and it's like the one time we beat LSU. So I'm like, hmm, I want to know more about that. Um, right. But I, I did, I have verified that game as well. It really did happen. It was just on a different day than uh, okay. the Tech said it was. So anyway uh that is not what i was supposed to be talking about right now what was i supposed to be talking about nathan i'm not i'm not sure so let's go ahead and talk about the northwestern state offense how about that yeah Uh, fcs stats are always kind of hard to figure out for the fcs opponent you know they're playing different competition they've also only played one game this year but luckily that one game was against another fbs team although i personally wish they were relegated to division three that's the louisiana lafayette raging cajuns a game that the Cajuns won 38 to 13. Yeah. See, seems like it's a, you know, maybe not the score that line that you expect to see, but it seems like ULL kind of handled them pretty easily. You know, they held them to 187 yards total, um, had 429 yards themselves. Uh, Northwestern was two for 19 on third downs in the game. Yes. But um, three for three on fourth. So yeah, there you go. There you go. There's that. Yeah. So live, I mean, live life. Like every play is fourth down. I, I guess so. Uh, there was also some kind of a weird delay in this game, I think, too. So that could account for, you know, maybe slowing down the scoring a little bit. Uh, Northwestern did score their only touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter. So 38 to 13, but, you know, really never in doubt. ULL also had three turnovers that led directly to, I think, all of <laughs> all of Northwestern's points, maybe. Um but yeah, we'll talk about that defense in a second, the, the Northwestern State defense that forced those three turnovers, because that's actually where I have a little bit of trepidation. But the offense is is not good. Um, at least it did not have a good showing in that opening match against ULL. Uh, the quarterback, his name is Tyler Vanderwall, which sounds fun. But, you know, he completed less than half of his passes for 3.9 yards per pass. That's not even really a good per rush stat and a touchdown. A QBR of blank. <laughs> I Nice. I Yeah, I don't know what that means, actually. Is it so low or is it just not recorded? Anyway, the running game was even worse. Um, 40 rushes for 77 yards, 1.9 yards per carry, a long of 10. Yeah, I mean, 
this this quarterback, he's been kind of all over the place. He started his career at Wyoming and looks like started some games as a true freshman. Um, didn't have very good stats. He was 48% completion, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, but he has some games where, you know, he's he's doing all right, getting some wins. But Wyoming was not very good the two years that he was there and then he transferred to he transferred to idaho state where he was for three years and now he's at northwestern so i guess it was the vanderwall's force that brought him to northwest louisiana that's a molecular physics joke that i don't even really I, get but just in case I, there's some molecular molecular physicists listening to the show just know that I, you're seeing okay um, yeah i was like dude i got nothing i, I mean <laughs> Normally, normally, at least I have Matt to make history references with. But yeah, I mean, yeah I, exactly. Sheesh. That one's at least that one's a little bit over my head. Even yeah, this yeah. this Northwestern State offense is not looking very yeah. good. And, um, and I mean, it's interesting though because and sort of to wrap up this offense. I mean, last year they were really good at passing the ball. So I wonder if there's been some coaching turnover. I mean, I know there's been a quarterback change. You know, last year they had uh, Zachary Clement, who was pretty decent, but they were the 18th ranked FCS passing offense last year in terms of uh, total yardage per game, you know, average yardage. Not very good at efficiency in the passing game or running the football, though. So they didn't have a great year. They were four and seven overall. Um, and they really got dominated by, you know, almost any team with a pulse that they played. Uh, Southern Miss beat them 64 to 10 last year. Grambling beat them 47 to 21. Um, so even some FCS schools were kind of beaten up on them, um, finishing out with Incarnate Word at 66 to 7 in the final Ugh. game of the season. Yeah, yeah, I mean, their coaches return. Their head coach, this is his sixth season. This is offensive coordinator. Bo Blair's second season uh, with the Demons. So, yeah, the thing that surprised me the most about this game against ULL was the fact that they ran the ball so much for a game they were getting blown out in. Only 28 (laughs) passes compared to 40 rushing attempts. That's a pretty big difference. You think that if you're losing, if you're going to try to catch up, you're not going to do that through running the ball, especially when you're only averaging 1.9 yards per carry. So that, to me, tells me they are persistent that they need to run the ball. It's not just a want, it's a need. And I'm a little bit afraid of that, to be honest, against Tech, whose rush defense, I don't I still don't think it's as bad as it was last year, but it still hasn't proven itself to be the right side of good. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the FIU game outside of the long run that was allowed, I think that should give you a picture of what we should hope for in this game. Right. You know, sort of sort of, you know, if we can hold them to two yards of carry like ULL did, that's obviously great, but you know, just don't get gashed for long runs. And I yeah, think that's what that, I'm afraid of. Yeah. I'm afraid of like one or two of those just breakout plays that ends up not being a difference. Because I don't think that even if that happens, Tech will lose this game. But, you know, this will be a 7-14 point game rather than what it should be. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, if what you're hoping doesn't happen happens, you're looking at like a close game at halftime, right? You're looking at like, yeah. you know, maybe a 17-14 at halftime rather than a 24 nothing, right? Yeah. Or a 24-3 to three or something, you know, something like that. And that's just really not what we need right now, right? Yeah. We, we don't need that. I want you know, the student section to leave at halftime, which they're going to do anyway, but I want them to leave comfortable that we're going to win rather than being like, Oh, this is actually a good game, but I'm still going to leave. I don't think they will be comfortable and they may not even make it to halftime. 
Uh, we talked. We haven't. We've been bad about this apparently on these preview shows. We haven't talked about when the game is and stuff like that. Uh, September oh. 9th, 7 p.m. But the thing I really want to talk about here, other than it's six, streaming on ESPN Plus, for those of us in God's right, chosen I'm, time zone, uh, <laughs> defaulting to Eastern time, uh, is that the game time weather in Ruston at kickoff is 100 degrees at is 6 p.m. Really? No, that's what just, AccuWeather says. I just checked yesterday. Hold on, that I, I don't think that's right. I just checked yesterday and it said it was the high was like 92 on Saturday. Let me see what. Yeah, I've got. I've got 90 as the high for Saturday. So I don't know what AccuWeather slash ESPN is talking about. Uh, 90 as the high, 63 as the low. So let's uh, let's get down there. But at uh, at 6 p.m., I've got 89 degrees. Feels like 87. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm, this isn't on me. This is on ESPN. I just want to yeah. be clear. They're the ones that said 100 degrees on this yeah, game. Yeah. So I mean, preview, by the end, so. by the end of this game, it might be down in the 70s. I mean, what does that feel like? Yeah. So just wear a jacket to the game, I guess, <laughs> if only yeah. to protect you from the sun's rays. Still, that's hot, right? So like, who knows? But at least it's starting to maybe cool off. Yeah. Please. A, a few other things about this game. I personally know that Northwestern State's band is going to be there. Um, so be ready for that. If you're a tech fan, I personally um, know that text band will be there. They also will be there. They were also at SMU and I yeah. neglected to shout them out. Uh, they were way better than SMU's band. And I'm oh. not, I'm not like, that's not being a Homer. Yeah. Um, SMU's band was freaking tiny, man. It was like rice sized. I was oh. like, what is happening? This is an AC. Like, this is your ACC <laughs> program, right? Like, like their band had like 40 people in it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I couldn't even hear them from, and of course I was sitting not in a place that's conducive to hearing them, but like you can still right. hear the BOP from the other side of the, the student section, you know? So yeah. I don't know, but NSU's band is huge. So just, you know, everybody be aware that there will be a band there. That's going to sound huge. Yeah. If there's one lesson to take away from this episode, it's that Northwestern States band is going to be there. Cause yeah, that they're actually pretty good too. So yeah. that's yeah, they actually are- worth it. They have one tuba player who's really good, and everybody else sucks. I'm just kidding. Okay, um, actually, shout, right. shout out, shout out to my brother who's in the NSU band. Um, and you've disowned, of course. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the only the only Spencer kid to not go to LaTeX. Yep. Had to be different. Doesn't yeah. listen to the show, so I'm not really sure why I'm giving him grief. Let's talk about the Northwestern State defense. This okay. is actually where I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, okay. Mostly because we mentioned, or you mentioned, what that third down efficiency was from Northwestern State on the night, two for nineteen. ULLs was four for fourteen, which is which is better, but yeah. not not, not great, not by a large factor. Yeah, not for an FBS team playing an FCS team. Northwestern State was able to keep ULL in check by stopping them on third down, and they did that by stopping the passing game at least to an extent. 223 yards through the air for ULL on the night, which, I mean, that's a large number, but really not that big of a difference for what you expect in a 38-13 to 13 game. But 14 for 32 on the night. Let me pull back up my calculator. Oof. I minimized. That's 44% yeah. from an FBS team playing an FCS team. I mean, you got to hope that that's more on them. I mean, we've seen... Right. A- yeah, and you don't know at this point, right? Small sample yeah. size. I finally get to say it this year. <laughs> but the the season previews have ULL as maybe a six and six team, seven five maybe. I mean, again, their previews you never really know. So it's not like they're supposed to be world beaters even in the Sun Belt. But the fact that they were able to shut down the passing game that much, granted, not all the way, 
but shut it down enough to cover the spread on this one. Yola were 35-point favorites, and they only won by 25. And it's because Northwestern State was able to stop the Cajuns from scoring. Yeah, and I mean, this quarterback, he was uh, he started some games at ULL last season, uh, completed 57% of his throws, and you know, like you said, Nathan, 44% this week. Um, so he's not like he's got some games under his belt, but like he did not perform very well in the season opener. Um, but like I said, I mean, Hank Bachmeyer's completing 72% of his throws so far this year. So you gotta, you gotta expect that, you know, against a quote unquote lesser opponent, he won't like regress you expect that number, Yeah. That number will look more like the, the 77% against FIU than the 63% against SMU. Yeah. But still, I mean, we the small sample size thing really kind of wreaks its head here. Does Northwestern State actually have a really good pass defense? Or is it that ULL struggled? Is it that SMU and FIU are bad against defending the pass? Or is it that Hank Bachmeyer is actually a really efficient quarterback? It's hard to tell because we don't have enough game tape yet to make those decisions. And we can assume that a team like Northwestern State isn't as good as your normal FBS program, but it's possible they just have a lights out pass defense that would make nearly any FBS program struggle. And we won't know if that's true or not until this game gets underway and possibly not even until the second or third quarter. Yeah. I mean, just to add some context last season, they were not very good against the run or against the pass Um, sub 100. I believe there were 119 or so teams. So they're in sort of the bottom 25% of both categories, rushing and passing defense. Um, scoring defense was pretty bad, too. I mean, again, that's last year. But, you know, with one game under their belt, I don't know. Is it fluky that they they force three turnovers? You got to kind of play things out to see. But um, I'm willing to take what Hank Bachmeyer has showed in the first two games and say that against you know, again, quote unquote, lesser opponents, it will be uh, it will be more of the same from him in terms of the efficiency. Now, I kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the show. I hope that it's more than that. Right. I hope that it's like, OK, guys are getting open 15 yards down the field. They're running good routes. They're breaking away. Uh, you know, it's not just the sort of once per game uh, slant route that goes for a 65 yard touchdown, but it's like moving methodically down the field like that's what we absolutely must see in this game if we don't see it in this game even if we win like 38 to 3 or something like if it's if it's only long touchdowns and it's like not we're we're punting a lot we're going three and out a lot i mean that's that's pretty rough for the rest of the year that's cause for concern yeah yeah, for my outlook on the rest of the year because we've got a lot of winnable games left on the schedule if we figure things out but right. if it's like a slog against Northwestern State and and we're stopping, we're halting when we get to the 40-yard line like we did against FIU, I don't know, man. Like, you got to put things together at some point, but you don't get a bye week till mid-October, and by then you've played nine games, right? So it's yeah, like, and several midweeks. Yeah, so it's like, man, you if we can't get it figured out this week, I'm very concerned about this season. And, and I think even if we win or even like – with a win, but if it's like a 28 to 17 and it's like, man, we scored a defensive touchdown and we settled for five field goals that we missed, right? Like, okay, I, I'm I'm very concerned. Yeah. If this game is closer than it needs to be, then I'm going to try to remember that in 2014 after we lost, uh, the rest of the season went, you know, pretty well. So maybe. That's true. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need to lose to Northwestern. 
Anyway, that's not what the computer pulls. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, luckily that doesn't seem to be a uh, popular opinion of that happening. Massey ratings gives Tech a 93% chance to win this game, 42 to 17. ESPN FBI gives Tech a 93% chance to win as well. And Vegas, it's too chicken shit to give us a line. (laughs) So for the contest, I had to use the Massey ratings. Which is fine. It's a good backup, but come on, Vegas, get it together. There's like a million different sports books now. You can one of you can do this. Is there's really no one that I checked? Yeah, there's like sites that combine all the different sports books, like so you can see if one line looks better than another. So you can go to a particular app to place your bet in that one. (laughs) And none of the like there's like sixteen that are combined into that app, and none of them listed this game. Wow, you want to know what's hilarious? So I just looked up Odd Shark, which is where I used to look yeah. when I when I did line stuff. They don't have a they don't have a line or okay, anything. Okay, good. Because I was but about to throw something. They do have a uh, predicted score that's made by them, and the predicted Uh-oh. score is thirty four point for Northwestern State to twenty one point four for La Tech. So their prediction is that Northwestern State will win and cover. <laughs> uh, uh so, so there's one uh, for you. I that, don't I don't like that. Yeah, it also doesn't look like they updated this after last week because Northwestern still has no stats and our our stats are still saying like we've only scored 22 points, which is more than we've actually scored average per game. So I, I don't know. It's very strange, but just wanted to. There's one thing that's predicting us to lose. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know where to go from there. Um, this is where I want to drop uh, again. Matt had to uh, leave pretty early on in this recording, so we got this soundbite from him for his, you know, how he thinks this game will go in his prediction. So we'll play that right here. Well, I know that we're going to touch on like you're going to preview players and stuff like that. I, I don't really have anything to add there. I just have one little anecdote I want to share, well, two, and then uh, I'll go ahead and make a prediction and kind of. Uh, well, that's I think that that's really it. Tech's coming in one and one. Uh, my in a prediction I'll give. I, I I've got Tech moving to two and a, a two and one. <laughs> two and zero oh would sound great. Two and one, which is great going into the North Texas game the following game week. Um, so I've got Tech winning, but uh, just a couple little stories here. One, I saw a story on on social media about how this is kind of perceived as an in-state rivalry, and I don't really like that <laughs> because I don't consider northwestern state a rifle uh it's fun to play them it's nice when two louisiana teams can play one another take notes everyone else but uh i don't perceive them as a rival i don't i, I mean you guys they were probably right? agree they were like, they, they used to ago, be a long yeah. time yeah. ago yeah but now it's just totally different and i don't really like the notion because that just and i i don't think that this is what these people are trying to do and i'm probably reading far too much into this like i usually do but it kind of sounds like it's lowering our standards for what our real rivalries should be. It's like, oh no, this is this is a rivalry against Northwestern State, an FCS school. Yeah, and I, I can hear the people now. Oh, well, you guys are an FCS school. You've got a bunch of FCS schools in Conference USA. Blah blah blah. Well, all that aside, I don't like it being called a rivalry. I think that's kind of silly. And then uh, part of me starts to tremble a little when I remember 2014 <laughs> and uh, and remember that Northwestern State beat. LaTeX in Ruston, of course, on timeout for Tech with a bunch of seniors in the crowd. Daniel Adams was at that game. And uh, I was at that game. I had friends from Northwestern State visiting me. I had to go like out with them to parties afterwards. That was fun. Yeah, I 
one of my favorite stories, because that was Daniel's super senior year, but one of my favorite stories from that game is another guy I knew that was going to Tech at the time told me that after the game, one of these coaches ran out in the field and made snow angels, <laughs> uh, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> and uh, just the way that whole game went, I'll never forget how it went. The fumble, the inter- Cody Sokol throwing three picks, the game-winning field goal for them, whatever. It's 10 years ago almost, which is crazy. But uh, then I think of that, I'm like, oh, maybe we are rivals, but really we're not. Uh, the last time we played them six years ago, we destroyed them. Though then again, this is setting up for a very painful reminder that six years ago we destroyed smu so oh god what's going to happen now i'm worried uh i'm not really worried so i don't really perceive them as a rival uh this is bulletin yeah. board material for them now they'll listen to the pod put it on the bulletin board destroy tech <laughs> but uh, i think I, I don't think the offense i don't think latex offense is good enough to hang 50 on msu i think they're good enough to beat them and i think it's going to be not nearly as high of a score on our end as you guys might consider it being i think it might be like 35 to like 10. Okay. I just don't think we're going to score a lot of points because the offensive line should do fine against MSU, but not good enough to put up a ton of points because Hank's still going to have some QB pressures that he's going to have to avoid. and He's not elusive enough, nor should he have to be, to overcome that problem. So uh, I, I, I think I'm comfortable with that with that prediction. 35-10, to 10, uh, Bulldogs win, go into the UNT game 2-1, and one, which ain't bad, all things considered. So yeah. that's kind of what I got for the game. Okay. Yeah. So Evan, how do you see this game going? <sighs> well, I've told you how I want it to go. The, the odd shark prediction, right? Of course. No, I mean, like I said, I, I want, I want to be like, Oh hell yeah. I get to see like the third string quarterback in the first fourth quarter. Cause we're winning 56 to 10, right? Like that's what I want right. to see. I just don't know that I believe that I, I'm going to see that, you know? So I'm not going to predict that we win that handily, you know, to where it's like the last time we played them or like the Southern game in 2016, where it was like 55 to seven or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I do think that we win comfortably. I think it's maybe like a 41 to 20 kind of game. And and that late, I think they score late, but I I don't think that the offense moves as efficiently as I would like it to. It's going to be better than it was the first two weeks. Yeah, but it's not going to give me confidence that like, oh, we've put it together. It's going to give me confidence that like, oh, we're a better team than Northwestern State. You know what I mean? Like what I want to see is confidence that like, okay, Cumbie has figured out like what this offense needs to click. Right. And from the get go, we're like up 21 nothing in the first quarter because it's just like you blink and we've scored a touchdown because we're just moving the ball so quickly. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be more of like a. And maybe it's like 21 to 10 at halftime. And then we score, we outscore them pretty heavily, you know, to start the second half and kind of put it away there. So, yeah, I don't remember what I said a second ago. I think I said 41 to 20. Um, so I'll, I'll stick with that. There's no line. So I don't know if that's covering or not, but it's the <laughs> kind of win where you're like, you can't feel bad about it, but you also don't feel good about it. Now we're going to feel good when we win 55 to three. I really think, or actually, let me, let me rephrase that 55 to seven. Okay. I think that's where we end up. I I think that we give up one of those big, probably rushing touchdowns at one point, but our defense looks more like it did against FIU in the second through fourth quarter than it did at all ever against SMU. Um, I think that this offense finds a way to click. This offense finds it easier to move the ball down the field. We still have those big plays as well. And that this is just a blowout game that makes us a little too confident moving forward where 
was it North Texas is next, and that may be uh, we may feel really good, especially if that game against uh, FIU is closer than North Texas thinks it will be. But I just I think that this team is saying we need to prove ourselves. This game is not being overlooked. This game is going to be worked on probably harder than any of the games so far this year because they haven't figured it out yet. This team needs to win and they need to win big. And I think they find a way. I think the passing game clicks. I think the running game to a lesser extent, but still does click possibly because we've passed the ball so well that (laughs) the running game is able to take over late in the game. Again, I think if we give a touchdown, maybe two, but I'm betting on one, uh, a long, like, 70-something yard, just the guy breaks out and, and isn't caught kind of score. But I think punting keeps them far out of field goal range and keeps them in long field situations where they have to drive to even get into field goal range. And at that point, we're up big, and they just try to continue to to, to have a chance to catch up and hit the end zone, and they don't. So that that's really how I see this game going. I know that's a super optimistic view based on the two games, games that we've seen so far, but I know that you're high on Hank Bachmeyer, and I am not quite as high, but still pretty high. But he has done nothing but complete passes and throw an occasional yeah. catch and run to a receiver, placing the ball in the right place for him to be able to continue to run with it, which is huge. Yeah. It's not just throwing the 12-yard pass that gets taken for 60, but placing the ball perfectly so that receiver can continue their momentum and not have to slow down and eventually be caught. So I'm I'm excited about this game. I'm excited to see Tech beat the pants off the demons from Natchitoches. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you one small detail. Uh-huh. Catherine oh, no. will be in attendance. Uh Maybe this is softball game championship energy, but I think that curse is going to be lifted oh, this weekend. Dear God, it better be. If it isn't, I mean, I, I, th- I, think, I think we might be justified <laughs> in saying, okay, I mean, <laughs> you're coming to Kansas City with us for the Nebraska game. However, <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll but just no, leave I you mean, at one of the eight different barbecue joints that we're yeah. going to and we'll pick you back up later. No, but I'm excited too. I'm I'm obviously going. Um, my family will be there. Um, sort of a sort of a last hurrah for my both of my brothers, the one that's in the bop and the one that's in whatever Northwestern calls their band. You know, so it'll it'll be yeah. It's pretty cool that they get to sort of face off against each other too. And so my my whole family's going to be there. It's going to be a fun time. And yeah, I'm excited to be back in the Joe. Hopefully, two and zero at the Joe to start things out. And. Uh, I hope that you are correct, Nathan, and that it's like, yeah, it'd be weird if you didn't, but yeah, yeah I, again, I, again, may just be false softball confidence right now, but I, I really think that everything comes together this week. And I don't necessarily believe that's indicative of the rest of the season, but I think that there's enough here against an inferior opponent to make it look like we have a full team. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. Yeah. By the way, the Northwestern state university marching band is called the spirit of Northwestern. So just a quick fact checked there. Hmm. Um, yeah, not really like interesting or creative or anything, but we're called the Band of Pride. So that's we don't really have room to talk. That's a it's a fine name, but it's not like I'm struggling to think of another one that's actually pretty cool. So let's just go ahead and move on to the tweet of the week. <laughs> the tweet of the week is not uh, band related; it is baseball related. Yeah, Evan, what's this week's tweet of the week? Yeah, I mean, this week it looks like the. The Great Lakes Loons, you know, we're a Great Lakes Loons adjacent podcast here uh, at GTPDD. 
you know, we are often all, always have been. Yeah. yeah, we're we're often known to say go G G L L P D D instead of G T P D D. So you know, yeah, it's a sister site. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, this week's tweet of the week is about our boy Taylor Young, who is currently pitching. No, not pitching. He's currently playing for the Great Lakes Loons. <laughs> well, well but, he was previously. Uh, he was. He got called in to pitch um, in a blowout game here in the top of the ninth. Um, his team's up seven to zero, and he got called on to pitch. And I did not know that he could do that. But the tweet is from at Dodger underscore Daily Dodger Staley. And it says Taylor Young got to pitch. He featured a fastball that touched 76 and a gravity ball that was upper 40s. He went scoreless and had everybody thoroughly entertained. After the inning, he walked over to the umpire to get checked, but the umpire denied to check him. (laughs) Um, So this this tweet has every pitch and then also that clip of him trying to get checked by the umpire, which is pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, shout they called out a gravity ball. I would have called it an EFIS. I'm not even sure if they're the same exact thing, but I just remember EFIS is from when I was a kid. There was like one pitcher that threw an EFIS that always seemed to, you know, it's a 40 mile per hour pitch and you just swing like three seconds early. It's always hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then I re- I thought as a kid, oh, if I just learn how to throw an EFIS and nothing else, then I can be a great pitcher. And then I tried and it turns out when you only throw EFISs, everyone just times up on you and it makes it super easy to hit. So. <laughs> Didn't work out so well. Nice. But yeah, great tweet. I'm glad to see Taylor Young. I mean, a position player pitching is never a good sign, right? I'm assuming they're the ones that are down 7 nothing in this clip. But, I mean, I guess if he gets called up to the Dodgers, I have to root for the Dodgers. And I won't be too thrilled about that. But, I mean, yeah. I'll still do it. So... That about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or go to our blog that features that counter that right now is counting down until the Northwestern State game, gtpdd.dog. I mean, you could also just, you know, check a calendar to see how many days there are until the game. But, you know, it's a counter. Like, it's it's fun. We put that up on the site. We also put up blog posts previewing and recapping each game. And we have the contest. That lets you answer questions about, you know, what Vegas says about how the game will go and not have to bet real money except for this one. Not that you have to bet real money for this one, but that Vegas didn't give us a line. So we use Massey ratings instead. GTPDD.dog slash contest. We also have the shop. GTPDD.dog slash shop. This month's shirt of the month. We just talked about it and the recap episode from the SMU game. But it is a 1973 National mm. Champs shirt. That team will be recognized this weekend at the Northwestern State game. And so it's probably too late to buy that shirt and get it in time to wear it Saturday to the Joe. But I still think you should get that shirt because it's a pretty nice shirt. Hell yeah. Again, gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And go tech. Please don't die. Shout out to a guy we literally were talking about on our podcast like four months ago in uh, what's that guy's name? Shanuel. Yeah, Nolan Shanuel making his major league yeah. debut. Dude goes from Charlotte after. Yeah, from Charlotte to the fucking Angels in like two months. Like, damn. Yeah. Bats lead off as a rookie yeah. in his first game. Yeah, I mean, that's and crazy. I think he had an on base streak that was leading the league after he got called up too.
or something close to it at least. Just yeah. living the life, Nolan Shanuel. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, Conference USA uh, baseball. I guess. Uh, no, we're not. We're not checking out on football season and talking about baseball. It's just cool to see stuff like that happen. So that's all. You know, we're gonna keep talking about football. Believe us, uh, whether we want to or not. Now I'm starting to think that we aren't going to continue to talk about football. 